0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone,
1: to hour number two of the show here at Real Presence Live, coming at you from the downtown Fargo studios here in Fargo, North Dakota, I guess I said that. Yes indeed. Therese is producing today. Thanks so much. I see Eli out there. I see this beautiful new clock up on the wall. Tells me everything I need to know, so it's great. Even has a little RPR logo in the middle. Wow. Stylish. Very stylish. I'd like to thank Father Shannon Bouquet for being on last half hour. He's the president of Human Life International, talking about some great things and talking about wonderful things. We're going to get a little more pastoral here. And we have Bruce and Jeannie Hanneman, who are co-founders of Elizabeth Ministry. Welcome to the program, Bruce and Jeannie.
2: Well, thank you very much.
3: Glad to be here, Jim.
1: We appreciate it. Thanks. Why don't we do this? Just briefly tell our listeners what Elizabeth Ministries is, and then let's go back and get your story, how you became involved, and how God called you to do this. So if someone says Elizabeth Ministry, what's the 30-second spiel? What do you want them to know?
3: Well, Elizabeth's ministry is based on Luke's story of the visitation between Mary and Elizabeth. And what we see in there is that Mary's afraid was God's plan for her. And so God, the God of the universe that could give her anything that she needed in order to be able to agree to his plan, gives her what we call the greatest gift. And that greatest gift is another person who understands. And so the angel tells her not to be afraid and tells her her kinswoman Elizabeth is pregnant in her old age for nothing is impossible with God. And that's when Mary goes ahead, and she gives her fiat, agrees to God's plan, and Scripture tells us she goes with haste to see Elizabeth. Elizabeth encourages her, uh, gives her her identity as the mother of God, and she goes forward without fear and says, all generations will call me blessed in the Magnificat. And so that's what our story is based on uh, for Elizabeth's ministry, and from there we try to relive that in today's culture.
1: Wow, that, that's not the first time you've said that, Jeannie. That, that's very good.
3: been <laughs> doing this
1: 30 years, Jim. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, let's go back then. Let's go back. Tell us a little bit about how you and Bruce met and and, and what uh, some of the steps along the way and how the Holy Spirit called you to found Elizabeth Ministry.
2: Well, first of all, we, uh, we met as children and didn't even realize we were meeting, I guess, because our families grew up in the same neighborhood and were friends. So we kind of knew each other from little on. Um, and it just developed eventually into a relationship. Later on, we started to be more passionate talking about talking about our faith. I, I grew up uh, as a Protestant, as a Lutheran, and so I was really intrigued by the stuff she was sharing about the Catholic faith. Her family was Catholic, and uh, the discussions were long and and you know all nighters on faith and everything else. And it just made so much sense, and it connected us so well spiritually that we eventually made it a full time relationship. We produced a a program about the creation, where I narrated and and uh, she did the audio. And, I mean the uh, video portion of it that we did for a college project for her, and everything just kind of blossomed from there.
3: We've never stopped creating videos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, that's that, that that's great, though.
1: I mean, it, when you see when you have that shared mission, you know, I mean that's that's wonderful, you know, and God just just leads you along, and I, I'm, I'm sure there's been. Times along the way where it's, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do next? What are you saying here, right? And maybe tell us about some of those moments and then how you got into Elizabeth ministry.
3: Okay, so we never had any uh, pre-plan about something like Elizabeth's ministry to create an international ministry. I had uh, taken on the role at our parish as a pastoral associate. And in that role, I began seeing how so many families were isolated. Uh, we have a large paper mill industry around here, so a lot of transient folks moving in and out. And I used to teach baptism Prep, and they did not have any support structure when they brought these new babies into their, their lives. And so kind of naively, one day, I, I put on the blackboard, that tells you how old we are.
2: <laughs> I put on a
3: blackboard my name and my phone number, and I said, call any You know, I've, I've got degrees that say I know about parenting, and I've raised some kids. They're in the process of it at the time. And I said, so give me a call because they were all worried about their long-distance phone bills to family and friends in other states. Again, how old we are. This was before cell phones. Right. Um, what I didn't know is the kind of response I would have. I literally did get called 24-7 and very quickly knew that I needed some help to support these families. And so I uh, wasn't very creative in the title at the time. It was kind of a been-there-done-that kind of an approach. And so I gathered... Uh, people from my parish who could mentor those who were going through a lot of the different issues related to childbearing. Um, I shared that with someone in my graduate study out in Denver, and they said, well, you do realize you're doing what Mary and Elizabeth did in the visitation story, and from there came the name Elizabeth's Ministry. And so we began mentoring and supporting families in any issue related to childbearing, and one of the primary passions that we had was infertility, because Bruce and I suffered infertility for eight and a half years of our, our marriage. And so we did a lot of supporting of those with infertility. And those days when we started this ministry, there weren't all the assistive reproduction technologies there are today. So this has grown over the 30 years this ministry has been there into something that gives very strong Catholic clarity on the issues of infertility and what is appropriate and inappropriate, what is healthy, what is unhealthy for a Catholic family to be looking at in the effort of of, of creating new life. Uh, Another passion for us within the ministry was the area of miscarriage because we had also suffered that as well. And in that experience, that became probably one of the most um, energetic aspects of spreading the ministry because one-on-four pregnancies ends in miscarriage And there's been very little support out there. Again, 30 years ago when we started, there was pretty much zero support. Now there's more and more, but most of it is from a secular perspective and not from a Catholic perspective. So for us, we began to say that we can't have out of one side of our mouth say life begins at the moment of conception. We cannot abort. We must cherish this child. And then on the other side of our mouth, when a miscarriage occurs, having it that we just say, oh, get on with your life, and we don't do something. So Elizabeth ministry... Uh, has created what we call miscarriage delivery aids. So we help people in the process of miscarriage, miscarrying. We also have burial vessels. We have a pastoral guide for parishes on knowing exactly what to do to support families who are going through that experience of a miscarriage.
1: We're talking with Jeannie and Bruce Hanneman here from Elizabeth Ministry. Let, let's just touch on that for a little bit. Maybe, Bruce, you can share a little bit, too. Uh, my wife and I, and, and as you mentioned, many, many couples have suffered miscarriages. And maybe just a little bit about how how you dealt with that, Bruce, and, and how maybe that hopefully strengthened your faith and how that really propelled you on to really help with those who have suffered miscarriages.
2: Well, that's a great segue, Tim, because uh, as uh, has been the case in the culture... Guys guys don't talk about the miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you will, if you had a miscarriage and, and your co-workers they perhaps knew about it and you'd come to work or you'd meet these people on the street or wherever, they would always say, how's your wife doing? How's your wife doing? How's she taking it? Whatever. Nobody ever asked questions of the man. And quite frankly, I don't know if the men were asked how much they really would have shared at that point in time because of, you know, the cultural things or whatever. So one of the things it did was allowed us to look at this from a perspective of it takes a couple to make a baby and it takes a couple to love each other and it takes a couple to support each other through a miscarriage. So both sides of the equation need to be supported equally when it comes to, you know, the the loss and uh, celebrating the life that wasn't there in a positive way in order to carry on from that point and not not be so drawn into it that you that you just run away and hide from it, but to share it with others.
3: And Tim, we also expanded and realized how important it was not only to help the the wife who's the mother of that child who's grieving and the father, but also grandparents. and so we've we've got resources and books on all these different aspects and And the one for grandparents is is grieving twice because what we found is that the grandparents grieve for the loss that their children are experiencing and they hurt that they can't help their children the parents of this child but they also grieve for the specific relationship of their grandchild passing away so it's kind of a double type of grief and then the one that really touches to my heart is the resources we've made available for siblings of that baby you know as catholics you know we propose again this this strong pro-life message which is so important but when people ask me, how did I become so strong in my pro-life stance? I say it's because of my, my siblings. And that is that before I was, was conceived, my mother and father suffered a miscarriage. And after, when I was four years old, um, they had a premature birth of my little brother who only lived for three days. He was, he was born at about seven months gestation. And so I grew up in a family that kept these two siblings of mine. Um, Jimmy and Luke very much part of my life. And so I learned the dignity and the worth of an unborn child because I never saw those siblings. Um, and they only lived within the womb. So um, those aspects for the ministry are also very strong, supporting grandparents and siblings as well as the parents.
1: I really like that aspect of how it, it's very, very complete. You know, it's not just the couple, as you mentioned. If You know, if, if and this is, I guess, an easy analogy in my mind, if a child had been born, right, and and suffers some type of death in in childhood, certainly the grandparents would be affected. Of course, the parents would be, but the siblings as well. And so I really like how you're really making this miscarried child, who is, of course, a child of God, making it so real. Uh, That's such an important point.
3: Absolutely. And part of that reality is that um, we discovered, again, because I worked at a parish as a pastoral associate, you know, we have records that we keep for baptisms, and we have records that we keep for funerals and, and deaths and all those kinds of things. But there was no record at the parish level about that child who was miscarried at all. And so, again, whenever we find a void that exists, that's what we create. So we also created a resource for parishes to have where they can keep a records, Uh, We encourage the family to name that baby. Uh, That baby's name is put in there. The parents' names are put in there. And so there is a record in the parish of all those children who did die through
1: miscarriage. We're talking with Jeannie and Bruce Hanneman of Elizabeth Ministry about their particular ministry that God has called them to. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll continue. And there's an exciting new initiative or two that they will also share with you. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this
4: Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar In this world of suffering and pain We've all experienced loss Especially the death of someone we love And it's never harder than it is with suicide In our book, After Suicide There's Hope for Them and for You We want to be able to help you We know that the pain and suffering is great But we also know that we we can get through it So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more Thank you God's blessings to you all. And as all of you out in Radio Land listen to Real Presence Radio, what a great gift it is for every one of us. As we're in the car traveling, that we learn something about our love for Jesus, something about the great gift he has given us through his holy family, which is the church, or we also get to find something out more deeply about our own self that we come to know that we are made in God's image and likeness. And the great gift that we have is made and loved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So continue to listen to this wonderful radio station. We need to support it in every way so that this beautiful gift of the gospel message can be spread throughout where all of this is heard and that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you all in his love. Have a wonderful day, and keep listening to Real Presence Radio.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome
1: back, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls here on Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Mosier, your host. We're talking with Jeannie and Bruce Henneman about Elizabeth ministry. What a great, great ministry we have. Uh, As you know, I'm the uh, Respect Life director at uh, Fargo Diocese. We have many, many of their resources. They're wonderful. And uh, Bruce and Jeannie, you guys just uh, recently made a a little move, didn't you? Well...
3: I wish I could put it in past tense.
1: Still happening. <laughs> Still happening. Hopefully
3: okay. next week it will finally be over. But um, what happened is ten years ago, uh, Bishop David Ricken of our diocese, the diocese of Green Bay, asked us to expand the ministry out of just childbearing into what he called the bookends of childbearing: sexuality and relationships. And he asked us to begin with pornography. And uh, so that was a personal story, which I'll let Bruce share a little bit about that. A personal story uh for us and so we really grabbed onto that with passion and to put it mildly the last ten years has been a whirlwind dealing with the issues of pornography and other forms of infidelity within marriage. And so we we've realized that we really um need to get two complete separate teams dealing with this. And so We are in the process of moving to two separate locations out of our one headquarters that we've had previously. So our 30th anniversary of existence will be in September and we will have a new location to headquarters the chapters of Elizabeth's ministry, which are formed in parishes. So parishes can reach out to issues related to childbearing. And then we are opening up something called the Zachariah House of Healing which will be healing prayer um, in a variety of different needs that families have. But one specific component will be the area of dealing with infidelity within marriage, and particularly pornography.
2: And so our passion with that comes from, and my personal passion comes from the fact that I had suffered a, uh, an addiction to pornography from from young on. I, I, I had it from nine years old on, you know, well into my fifties. And the problem with it, is that uh, now that we understand it is the the brain science that goes with it, the addictive science and chemistry that goes with it? But I did not know anything about that at the time. I just thought, you know, it'll go away eventually, and it didn't. And um, tried different things over the years, tried counseling and different things. But um, I did. Once I became Catholic, I, you know, when we were married. We thought, well, now it's going to go away because we're married, and that that takes care of it. Well, it's not a sexual issue necessarily. So um, what happened is that. Um, I eventually found this brain training program online. The one that we call Reclaim. It's been a, an interesting program because it's been useful for it's been useful for the brain retraining part. I I had done the spiritual direction, I'd gone to NLS treatment, I'd done everything, but there was still this this puzzle that I couldn't solve the last piece of and that turned out to be what was going on chemically in my brain, and what we're, what we claim allowed me to do was be able to actually retrain and reorganize the behaviors in my brain, so that I could be healed once and for all from the scourge of the pornography addiction that was that I had been battling for years.
3: And this program um, was a joint effort between a secular organization that Bruce went through um, that their program and Elizabeth's ministry under the direction of Bishop David Rickon to create a Catholic version of this program. Um, so it's not just some small postulate that tried to put something together. Um, over two and a half million dollars was put into the development of this program with brain scientists from Harvard and all kinds of specialists. And it is absolutely uh, an amazing experience for uh, someone who's struggling with pornography or other unhealthy sexual behaviors to go through. We realized very quickly that it's someone really applies themselves, they will find the healing and freedom that they need. Um, But what we also found is that if the wife or—and I'm going to be sexist here, and sometimes it's the the woman that, that has the unhealthy sexual behaviors. I know it's both ways. But in our case, it was that Bruce struggled with this problem. And the pain and the suffering that I was dealing with this, if that wasn't healed, then our marriage wasn't going to be healed. And so we've been operating this Catholic version called Reclaim Sexual Health for 10 years. And now we are about to launch, and we really hope that it's going to still happen the end of April, but for sure by May, that we will be launching something called Navigate Betrayal, which is also an online healing program for women um, who have someone, specifically their husbands or maybe a fiancé or uh, some, some close relationship that they have, uh, with a committed relationship with someone who is dealing with pornography or other forms of
1: sexual addiction. It's so important that you mention that because you know, a lot of times people think, if they don't think this whole thing through with pornography, number one, they say, well, it doesn't hurt anyone, it just affects me. But we all know, number one, it does affect you profoundly, as you found out, you know, a large right. percentage of men especially have been, and many are, still addicted to pornography. And I remember in my own marriage... Uh, not the pornography part, but just the retraining my brain. I won't share my whole story here, but I've shared it with you, and I've shared it on the air before. And and I love the fact that you're combining it with church teaching and the sacraments, because when we understand theology of the body and what it really means, what, what the sexual act really means, combine that with the brain retraining, now we have a, a, an amazing basis and program for complete sexual health because it is also based on the truths of the church as
2: well. Absolutely, Tim. That's great because uh, you can't leave a vacuum. A vacuum will always be filled with something. And so, even if you take the pornography out and you take the unhealthy sexual behaviors out, your brain, because of its automatic chemistries and whatever, is going to fill that back in again. So, the only way to beat this problem is to put the healthy sexual behavior, the healthy sexuality, healthy sexual behaviors and stuff, in place of the stuff that you have set aside by retraining.
3: And we've made very strong commitment that all of the work that we do does receive an imprimatur. And so Reclaim has an imprimatur and navigates in the process right now. The Elizabeth Ministry uh, training materials have imprimatur. So we're really strong in being uh, very faithful to the magisterium. And in fact, when it comes to the Reclaim program, helping those dealing with pornography, we have had other denominations contact us and say, could you just make a Christian version? And our response was, if we knew someone was starving, and we had, we wanted to feed them, we wouldn't give them just peanut butter sandwiches if we knew that we could give them a full-course meal. And so we have stuck very strong on the fact that we will always be coming from the approach of the Catholic Church.
1: And that's so important, too, because, again, that gives the complete picture of what it means to be made in the image and likeness of God as male and female, and, you know, marriage, and... And sexuality and all these things because unless we have that complete picture something is there's going to be a vacuum there too Bruce right and 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 so sure. that'll be difficult the second thing I just want to quickly touch on and you mentioned it earlier Jeannie is that idea of I, I talked about you know some people think pornography is just it's just my own thing it affects him profound but also affects those around you so much and, and you've experienced that firsthand and again even though my wife and I wasn't pornography the fact that I was unhappy in our marriage that greatly affected her as well and by the grace of God, through the teachings of the church, what it means to be a human person, to be a husband and wife, and retraining my brain, I focused all my energy on my wife and our marriage, and now I can't imagine being happier here on Earth than I am now. And you're probably experiencing the same thing, Bruce and
2: Jeannie. Yes, you are. Us, yes, we are. That's and God bless you for having gone through that and. Uh... That's what our ministry is all about—is helping other couples reach that same point. Amen. And
3: it's so important; it's so vitally important. I mean, we sometimes share with our story that in the in the beginning, um, we began to hear from people that this would be a lifelong problem—that Bruce would always be struggling with this—and that led him in. You know, he could share his own story, but in the interest of time, I'll say it led him to uh, contemplate suicide. And for me, it led me to contemplate divorce. Instead, we're very strong in what the Catholic Church teaches. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and tomorrow, if he could heal the leper when he walks this earth, he can heal the porn addict today.
1: All things are possible through God. Remember Matthew 19, right? Well, then, then who should get married? For man, it's impossible. But for God, <laughs> yeah. everything is possible. Yeah. Bruce and Gene, we got about about three minutes left here. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about some of the resources you have, because they're so, so good.
2: Well, first of all, I'll just quickly mention Reclaim Itself, the online program. What I like about it is not only the retraining of the brain, but a person can get in and be totally anonymous, because this is a very, very shameful subject be dealing with, to be dealing with pornography and unhealthy sexual behavior, so I do want people to visit the Reclaim Sexual Health website.
3: So it's www.reclaimsexualhealth.com, and from there you could also get to our new program for Wives, Navigate, or it could be found at navigate.com. Right now, because we're in the middle of this move, many of our resources are a little bit of a challenge to reach, but you can go to Amazon and get the Pastoral Guide on Miscarriage, stillbirth, and infant or child loss. Um, so you'll be able to find that um, online, as well as the Leader's Guide and the Visitor's Guide to form a chapter of Elizabeth's ministry. So you can find those on Amazon right now. We will get our online store back up as soon as we get our move completed.
1: Wonderful. Tell us a little bit more about forming that chapter of Elizabeth ministry, Jeannie.
3: Uh, the concept is that the Elizabeth ministry also is a community-building experience. So we're not only cherishing children and building up marriages, and supporting families, but we also want to build that parish community. And so we establish chapters within the parish where each person who has experienced one of these situations um, gets trained to be qualified to mentor, to kind of be a companion for the person who's going through the experience. So if someone's had a miscarriage they can become an Elizabeth minister and support someone in their parish who's fresh at experiencing a miscarriage. And so all the resources that are needed to start and maintain a chapter are available. And as we expand right now into our two separate entities, um, a wonderful woman named Chris Crowley will be taking over the training and and all the aspects for forming a chapter. And so go to the website, ElizabethMinistry.com, and you'll be able to get more information about how to connect. Uh, with her, again, give us about a week, maybe two, to get some of <laughs> all back up and running. But um, we really try very hard to get all of our resources available very quickly to those who are in need.
1: Wonderful. Jeannie, just one clarification for me. Is that com or org?
3: Either one will get you to the website, but okay. we do go by .com because we do have the online store where you can get the resources like the burial vessels, the miscarriage delivery aid, all kinds of other resources related to the childbearing issues.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. About 30 seconds left. Any last thoughts, Bruce and Jeannie?
3: Well, I would say that For us, we find that no matter what aspect of Elizabeth's ministry we are doing or we claim that we are doing, it all is based on defending the dignity of the human person. And in this day and age, there's such a great need to have Catholic clarity, because we sure do have that confused culture right now. So if there's anything that we can do to help you, if you are struggling with any of the issues related to childbearing or sexuality, please don't hesitate to contact me.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, Bruce and Jeannie, we want to thank you for your time. Thank you for saying yes to the Holy Spirit. And as you continue to move forward, uh, we will keep praying for you. And thanks for all the great work that uh, God is doing through you.
2: Well, oh, you're very welcome, Tim. And thank you and, and your staff. And thank all the listeners. And uh, go out there and help us take this culture.
1: Amen. All right. That's Bruce and Jeannie Hanneman from ElizabethMinistry.org. When we come back, The Bike Race. You're listening to Real
0: Presence Live.